Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today we're in day two of our Forgiveness and Hope study. And for the forgiveness section, we're going to be reading Psalm 51, 1 through 19. And we're then going to be in Colossians 1, 21 through 23. And Hebrews 6, 13 through 19 for the hope section. I've also got a couple of uh, paragraphs or two from A.W. Tozer on the topic of hope that we'll cover off too. I was just reading that and found it to be extremely beneficial and enlightening. So with that, let's just open with a word of prayer. Father God, I come before you. I submit to you this reading in this time. I lift it up to you and I pray that you'd be honored and glorified, that it would be what you want it to be, that we would cover the, <clears throat> the topics that you want us to cover and that your words would be the ones that are spoken, that our, I pray that our hearts and our minds would be open, our spirits would be availed to you and that you would touch us and that we would be completely at your disposal. I pray for this time. And I pray for everyone out there that they would benefit by it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So with that, 51 is a, is a prayer of David's. Um, and it's really him asking for forgiveness. It's him talking about why he needs forgiveness, what his mindset is, and his view on God. So with that, let's just get started in verse 1. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Pretty powerful request. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done, it, done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. So we're born fallen, is what David is saying. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear, hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. And you, and you who are God my Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. So, there's a lot there. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. That is the essence of what I'm looking for. David captures it in basically one sentence. Create in me a pure heart, a heart that truly is God's. And renew me, renew me a steadfast spirit. A spirit that is in tune with him and always stands by God's teachings. 
it's to me that he just he just nails it. Open in verse fifteen. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. So all the trappings, all those things, David is saying are not the important part. It's our heart. May it please you to prosper Zion, to build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in the sacrifices of the righteous, in burnt offerings offered whole. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. That's a very powerful psalm, very powerful plea. And I can really see where you know David is said to be a man after God's own heart. And you can really see David's passion for God, his knowledge of his sins, and that those sins are against God, not against man. And that from the beginning of his life, he's been sinful. But that God can create in him, wash him clean, make him as white as snow. He can have that pure heart and have a steadfast spirit but only with God's help so with that that's our section on forgiveness we'll move on to hope so our our first verses are in Colossians 1 verses 21 through 23 once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. So if you continue on your ways, your hope is in God. Your hope is in the gospel for everlasting life. Moving on to Hebrews six thirteen through 19. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. People swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms that what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did that, did this so that, by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, he who fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greater in courage. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Firm and secure, it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. So God swears by himself, and he does not lie, that our gift of eternal life, that God is with us, that the relationship with Jesus and God through our spirits and his Holy Spirit is there forever. We have that hope that is availed to us, and God will guarantee it. So with that, I'm going to look at real quick um, what A.W. Tozer has, has to say about a few things on hope. He said, 
So strong, so beautiful is hope that it is scarcely possible to overpraise it. It is the divine alchemy that transmutes the base metal of adversity into gold. In the midst of death, Paul could be bold and buoyant because he had firm confidence in the final outcome. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, he said, but his heart remained cheerful knowing that our light and momentary momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. His his lovely and that's in Second Corinthians four eleven and seventeen. His lovely little benediction pronounced over the Roman Christians shows how faith and peace and joy live with hope, like four fair sisters dwelling in the same cottage. May the God of hope fill you with the with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Faith is confidence in the character of God, and hope is the sweet anticipation of desirable things promised, but not yet realized. So, we've been promised eternal life. We've been promised forgiveness of our sins if we, if we repent. We've been promised heaven. In my Father's house, there's many, many mansions. I go there to prepare a room for you. We've been promised these things. So even when we have our adversity, we've been promised that God fellowships with us. He loves us and he cares about us. So when we are in our adversity, when we are having problems and challenges, we have the hope of a better life tomorrow. One that's, even if we pass away, we have a better life with heaven. But even after, if we don't, but just tomorrow, we have God walking beside us. That even in our darkest moments, in our greatest times of adversity, God is working with us to build in us a better life. I can only say that, like I had mentioned before, I was out of work for a while. And I was getting very nervous and very concerned. And stressed, and I was basically, God, where are you? But I had a feeling, I knew he wasn't going to let me fail completely. And sure enough, along came the right role. And I'm so grateful for him. So with that, I want to encourage you all. If you need hope, hope in the Lord. If you need forgiveness, follow David's example. Admit to him, ask for forgiveness, and it will be there. With this, I'm just going to close in prayer. Thank you, Father, for this time. I just praise you for all the many blessings you've bestowed on us. And I pray that you'd watch over me, watch over my friends out there and our families. It's a very difficult time right now, Lord, and I just pray for our country. I pray that you'd work with our leaders, that you'd guide them and bless them. Bless them with your wisdom, and I just pray that you would be the one that we all follow, and that we would seek out you for our peace, our hope, and our forgiveness. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.